As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. This is Talk of the Devils, the Athletics podcast dedicated to Manchester United and this time we are back for good. Not to quote take that at the very top of a podcast, not normally my style, but yeah, we'll be back twice a week now for the entire season. Here we go again and Carl Anker is with me. Hello Carl. Hello mate, how you been? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, Um, We're going to get into all aspects of Manchester United's tour of America, we're going to get into the Potential signing or signing, I think we're probably at that stage now, of Rasmus Hoyland. Um, we're hoping to hear from Laurie Whitwell. Now, he, he is supposed to be on this podcast uh, as I speak now, uh, but it's about, what, 20 past nine Las Vegas time. We understand he had a big night last night, and at the moment, it looks like he might be doing a Carl Anker. Well, if he makes it, I'll cough my hat to him. And if he doesn't, then then I'm not the only one. No. So then it'll become Andy's turn. Safety turn to, numbers, to yeah. Do you think Andy Mitten <laughs> would ever get himself into a state where he couldn't join a podcast? I, I can't no, imagine it. No. He might get lost Constant in a train depression. spotting book or something like that. But um, <laughs> big nights and bad hangovers, I think he might be past that now. Um, we will hear from Andy Mitten. He's not with us either because he's currently travelling back uh, from Las Vegas. Um, he had an extended chat with Laurie, which we're going to bring you in a moment after Manchester United's third defeat in a row. Uh, against Dortmund. Uh, they recorded that in the mix zone while they tried to get Manchester United players to stop and talk to them. Um, I won't spoil how they went on with that, but there's no Manchester United players in that recording. Um, but generally, Carl, I mean, we've watched it obviously on television. We've not been over in America. What have you made of of United's tour over in, in the US? Nice enough. Um, a lot of travel, which I think probably had an impact on performances. You get the sense that Eric Ten Hag probably, if it was up to him, he probably would have taken one of those friendlies out and focused more on training. But there are financial concerns and, and uh, advertising opportunities that Manchester United want to make advantage of. So here we go. Um, and I think one of the big the big conclusions is United need a goal scorer. You know, yeah. while, while I've enjoyed Jade and Sancho playing at false nine, there's been three or four phases of play from United in this preseason tour. You're like, oh, if there was like a proper number nine to just put that away, this would be sorted. Are we bothered that they've lost three in a row? No, no. So, you know, the Wrexham defeat, 
is with a second string team for the kids. So not too bothered about that. Obviously, apologies to, to Paul Mullen and the punctured lung incident there. Uh, Real Madrid played really good football, just needed a goal scorer, didn't happen. And the Borussia Dortmund defeat, okay. I'm a bit annoyed at the level of defensive errors there. That was There were some sloppy goals conceded there. But again, decent phases of play for the most part. And in one, once a number nine turns up, I'm feeling pretty confident about United's ambitions. I suppose this preseason tour has showed us that United probably shouldn't be mentioning the T word this season and should be talking more about Champions League places. Yeah, Eric Ten Hag's seen to that already as well, um, which we'll talk to Laurie hopefully about a little bit later on in the podcast. I have to say one of the the defining images for me of that uh, defeat to Dortmund was Andre Onana running out of his goal towards Harry Maguire, shouting at him after that third goal went in. Um, I absolutely love a goalkeeper who has a go at everyone. Uh, <laughs> in, in Not every single time, because then it becomes a bit much, doesn't it? But that quality of of keeping players in line and, and getting on people's backs, I quite like that in a goalie. I do enjoy when Jordan Pickford is absolutely furious at England's defence uh, when they're on World Cup and Euro duty. So yeah, that that's good. Onana... Is a leader. He, he will be a leader in that dressing room. He will uh, demand a lot from the defenders in front of him. And I don't think he's picking on Maguire there. I've got. I'm going to be writing a piece on the Athletics over the time these listeners get this podcast in their earballs. It should hopefully be there. Just breaking down what happened between Anana Maguire and Ericsson in one of the chances. So not the third goal conceded, but actually another shot they had on target. So. Onana himself has already spoken about that incident and said, look, you know, Maguire's a good player. He's a great player. I just demand a lot from myself and I demand a lot from him and mistakes are going to happen, but we shouldn't be afraid to make mistakes, which is that thing of Onana's going to scream and shout and do loads of things that United fans aren't used to. But also what I think is going to be really enjoyable is he's going to front up. He's going to be in, he's going to be in interviews. He's going to be in the mix zone. He's going to explain to you why he did certain things. There was a particular moment I want to say in 2020, when Ajax lost 1-0 against Liverpool, yes. where he just fl- he flapped it across. C- flaps it across, Curtis Jones gets it at the back post, taps it in. Uh, and he's Champions League interview, he's like, it's my fault, sorry. Won't happen. Well, I'm not going to say it won't happen again, but understand we lost this game because of me. And I apologise. And hopefully he doesn't make too many apologies this mm. season. But I think there's going to be two or three times after games where People ask Onana, why did he do a thing? And he, he's going to expel it out exactly why. He's also going to probably tell you, no, I'm not going to change my style of play. Yeah, that seems to be the stock answer as well, doesn't it? Because he gets that, asked that every single time he's made a mistake in his career, I think. Right, before we go any further, obviously, keep your eyes peeled for that piece from Carl on the Onana Maguire situation, uh, which will be on The Athletic very soon. But don't forget, we've got two live shows coming to you in September. You'll know the dates, you'll know the venues by now. But a reminder, New Century in Manchester, Monday the 4th of September, uh, Leicester Square Theatre in London on Tuesday the 5th of September. I'm saying it again, but the tickets are selling out really, really fast now. There's not many left at either venue. So if you do want to come, I urge you to get to myticket.co.uk very, very soon. Search for Talk of the Devils. All the details are on there. We'd absolutely love to see you there. We've got loads planned for the night and there's not many tickets left. So go and have a look. My ticket. .co.uk. Right, let's hear Laurie in conversation with Andy then, waiting in the mix zone for Manchester United players to stop and talk to them. Fortunately, they did talk to each other. Here they are. Hello, listeners. 
it's Laurie here with Andy in the mix zone at the Allegiant Stadium, waiting for United's players to come through. It's brilliant to see you, Andy. You too. We've not seen each other every day on the tour, have we? we there's been days when I've seen a lot of you. And then we've gone our separate ways and it's nice to see you back, see your smiling face and let's see where this podcast is going to take us. Well, first things first, how did the drive go from San Diego to Vegas? Yeah, I went via LA. It's a fantastic drive and it's a pretty famous one as well. And you go through Death Valley. It's the hottest place I've ever been to. Like an idiot, I stopped and had a bowl of chicken wings. And the lady said, how hot do you want the sauce? And I said, the hottest you've got. Why am I doing this? The hottest sauce in the hottest place on earth. Yeah, but I I survived to tell the tale. So you lived through Death Valley? Lived through Death Valley, got to Vegas, then had to fly back to San Diego because we saw the manager. Then had to fly back to Vegas. But I've really enjoyed the trip, you know, from a work perspective, from seeing fantastic cities. I don't know what you think. New York's amazing. San Diego's a beautiful city. Vegas is, uh, look at you smiling. <laughs> I mean, well, I was going to say, can you see any bags under my eyes right now? The, the, the term burning the candle at both ends was invented for you, my friend. And <laughs> I see you working very, very hard on this tour. But I also see you uh, enjoying you know, <laughs> your free time. Did you see my trip yesterday? Did you follow me on Instagram? And What, what did you do? I, I, I saw 700 of your... Um, Instagram updates yesterday but <laughs> maybe I missed the final 42 <laughs> go on tell me about your trip yesterday well so I had like one of the, my greatest days seriously because obviously we did the chat with the manager in the morning right. uh, although it was a little bit delayed and this caused me a little bit of stress as you know right. uh, you obviously were helping me with potential new flights that I might have needed to have, have got because there was a delay to our sit down with Ericsson Haag um, which was at the training centre, open training centre in front of the fans at, at, at University of uh, California, San Diego. Uh, yeah, so I thought I was going to miss my flight, didn't I? I got on my flight, and it's a full flight, and the chief air steward says, do we have a Lawrence Whitwell on board? Lawrence Whitwell. Lawrence Whitwell. <laughs> and I'm just sat there laughing my socks off because I think you'd bought a ticket for that in case you missed it because you got the boxing, weren't you? Yeah. What was yeah. that like? Oh, the boxing was brilliant. Yeah, one of the great experiences because I just thought life, we're very lucky in this job anyway uh, and life throws you these opportunities every now and again and you've got to take them. So I saw when I'd already kind of booked up on the tour actually uh, that then they'd added in uh, Errol Spence versus Terence Crawford I do like my boxing quite a lot, and, and in particular, this this fight stood out for me as you know two great fighters undefeated for the undisputed welterweight world championship. Um, yeah, a real proper uh, fight for the era, really. And um, and so I thought, can I get accredited for it? And fortunately, they were like, yeah, go on then. Wow. <laughs> so I managed to. So it was a bit of a stressful one because it was like they, they waited until the last week before confirming it. But I thought, yeah, I'm going to try if I can go. So I I book I, I had done the questions about when Tanag was going to do his sit down and how long I had and the, the journey from the location to the airport was only 20 minutes I'm like okay I've got, I can, it's only an internal flight it's not like you're going abroad and you have to go through so many checks so I thought I think I can do this um, but obviously I then got a little bit stressed because it, it seemed like I wasn't going to make it so yeah I bought a provisional uh, secondary ticket which is why I wasn't then on your flight because actually I got a massive lift and this is on my Instagram story from uh, Bryce Gazetta, who is a, know uh, you know Bryce. We were on the boat in San Diego he's together. A singer, you know. Yeah, well, that's he's Very he's he's going to be in England doing uh, some singing for a choir, I believe. So he, he once sang in front of the Pope in Italy. Yeah, he, he knows his stuff, and he's very good at driving. When he took you to the airport, he took me to the airport. So he watched open training. So I went and had a chat with him, 
uh, before they started, uh, just a bit of a catch up. And then I said what I was doing. He was like, do you want a lift? Because I thought I was going to have to get an Uber. So in the end, I got there about an hour before I was supposed to take off. Uh, and then actually the flight was delayed by 17 minutes. So I had a nice bit of moment to myself to just uh, reflect and, and take a breath. But then I got to Vegas, got changed straight to the fight I was late for my accreditation pickup but anyway they let me in anyway uh, watched the fight in the stand did a report on boxing Andy can you believe I read it and it was good some of the best sports writing I've ever read has been about boxing uh, over the years and I'm not a huge boxing fan I came out here to watch Bruno Tyson in 96 um, where I found my dad and my brother in an empty jacuzzi what was being cleaned sat there going this is great this I'm like what are you doing you're in an empty jacuzzi with a sign saying closed for cleaning what on earth are you doing sat there and my brother messaged me yesterday said you should try and go to the fight in vegas and then i got offered a, a ticket a free ticket a free a free ticket and i know that they cost a fortune so i'm in san diego airport and jason who's a big united fan lives in miami now offered me a ticket and i would have loved to have gone but i've been up since four in the morning and i had other stuff and i had to meet people and i've been at the united fans convention where there was a, a dinner going on Brian McClare came over, Alex Stepney, uh, David May, Billy Garton, the former player, came up from San Diego. So I couldn't go, and I realised it was a massive fight. But there you go, there's a concert which started five minutes ago, the Smashing Pumpkins. I'm not massively into him, but the bass player is Peter Huxon from Manchester. Uh, And he's invited us, Jack. And I'd love to go, but obviously we're here to work well, we're, this cur- is, um, we're currently waiting to get ignored by some United players the Dortmund players are coming through so we might as well watch them because in two or three years Manchester United will be paying 75 million for, for, <laughs> for some of them with a very uh, patchy uh, success record well, we'll, we'll, yeah we'll get on to that because obviously that happened Rasmus Hoyland uh, happened just as we were going yeah. out for um, training the open training session and we, we'd actually got word uh, uh, myself and, and then David Ornstein uh, just before it, it, it the training started and, and we managed to kind of get it over the line just as everything was kicking off so you're doing well as a journalist you've had a good run you've got some good transfer stuff I read your um, Anana piece and it's decent I'm thinking go on lad so why have you got the worst suitcase that has ever been allowed <laughs> into the United States did you go to a market in England and say I'm after the worst suitcase on sale here and my budget's six quid <laughs> I mean, after the boxer shorts. <laughs> well, exactly. In, in April, I'm not why, stunned. Well, yeah, why are you thinking that I'm going to spend money on a suitcase if I don't spend money I'm on boxers? I'm going to tweet a picture. Or you can put it on one of your 700 Instagram stories of your, <laughs> of your suitcase. Shall we touch on the football really briefly? Yeah, I know yeah, we've got another yeah. section that we're going to record yeah, with Ian and Carl. But, um, yeah, tonight, tonight, a third loss in a row. Yeah. Is that any concern? Is it just who cares about results? Or, you know, I mean, the mistakes tonight were probably a, a little bit alarming. Well, it's not good to lose. You say the third, but I think... The team in Wrexham wasn't a first Manchester United team. Individual errors tonight, from both sides actually, because the Dortmund goals came from when they lost the ball. You would get punished even more in the Premier League. So uh, Victor Lindelof giving the ball away, Brandon Williams going into a tackle. Not sure who gave the ball away for for the third, but I saw Andre Onana admonishing his his defence. I still saw things which encouraged me tonight in this wonderful stadium, and it is... um, in the defeat to Real Madrid, the goals were scored early and late on, but I still saw some good football there. Arsenal would be the highlight in the MetLife Stadium, and that's probably the team which Manchester United might start the season with. So mm. not too concerned about the results, Laurie. Um, I'm back in Tenar. We've spoke a lot to him on, on this tour. 
I would be stunned if United started this season as badly as last season. I think good tours for people like Jaden Sancho. I'm saying good, I'm not saying great, but you know, encouraging. What about what, what's your take on it all? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I suppose Sancho, as you touched on, you know, false nine for four games. I think. Uh, I think he's played more minutes than any player. Yeah, played seventy-five um, tonight. Yeah, and, and we asked about him yesterday with, with Ten Hag, and I thought it was quite interesting that he was speaking about how Sancho, he's in charge of his own mood and his own vibe you know obviously he spent that time away from United last season sounds like you <laughs> well you know but yeah him as false nine clearly Rasmus Hoyland will come in as the number nine but I don't know how frequently he'll start um, you know, will he be rotated with Rashford up top maybe but clearly Sancho as false nine was something that he wanted to have a look at we've not seen Anthony Marshall on this trip at all he's no. been he's been training a little bit solo I think same old though um, isn't it yeah so you, know, you always think he's coming back in two weeks and it just doesn't quite and he did well last season on the pre-season yeah him and, and Rashford and Sancho actually yeah so it just shows how misleading pre-season form can be I'm going to wrap this up okay. because we obviously don't want to, you know, um, we want to save some powder for when the four of us are all together. But we thought we'd just do a little recording whilst you can hear the noise of, you know, the kind of the hubbub of the, of the mix zone and, and, and no fresh from the game. Yet, I know, I know. <laughs> we kind of wanted to point out a few and see what they were up to. Um, it's interesting who talks and who doesn't because people have got the different reasons for talking. Johnny Evans, who's a, who's a great lad, yeah. he's not going to talk until his future has been decided, for example. Yeah. Um, players have to play in the matches before the, 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 they talk. I think the media access has been good on this trip, though. Yeah, they, they, they're making a conscious effort yeah. at that. Um, there's reasons for that in terms of making sure that fans have got engagement from independent sources, not just club sources. Yeah. So I think that's a, a valid point for such a, a club with such so many stories around it and, and you know such a huge global fan base. Um, do we think that either Tom Heaton or, or, or Brandon Williams or stuff or Andrew Nana and Harry Maguire because those I thought that was the one interesting aspect of the night that you had Heaton and, and Williams having a row I think but Heaton was suggesting to Williams he should have you know, not been playing the guys on side but then Heaton had put the pass into Lindelof and clearly passing out from the back is something that is, is going to cause those kind of uh, areas of conflict and also Anana ran out into, to Maguire as you said and had a go at him for uh, not picking the right pass and also I think kind of passing on the the um, the striker for, for Scott McTominay to try and, and deal with but he, he obviously wasn't able to so right we'll leave it there back to you guys thanks very much this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra the official beer sponsor of the NBA want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. 
for you. Oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Football, bloody hell. Well, I'm delighted to say that he's actually joined us, Lawrence Whitwell. I feel like the uh, announcer on that plane <laughs> that Andy was talking about, Lawrence Whitwell. <laughs> do we have a Lawrence Whitwell? We do now have a Lawrence James Whitwell. You've got the middle name there, everyone, as well. So you're not like ridiculously hungover. We were sort of fearing that you were going to do a Carl. I did say that at the top, but it's actually <laughs> you're claiming there's a misunderstanding over the exact arrangement well, and time of this well, recording. I don't know. Listen, maybe we can put it out to people, but let me let me just sort of give a bit of context. I was informed that it was going to be, yeah, I, I said, I was the one chasing. When, when are we doing this podcast, guys? Uh, and then we sort of said, okay, 5 p.m. UK time, which is like 9 a.m. Vegas time. So I'm like, sure. okay, cool, we're into that. Andy is traveling, you know, today. So he's not on this podcast. I'm like, you know, we need Andy on the podcast. Uh, and then so I thought Tuesday was going to be our record day. The, the next message was Tuesday. That works for me. I'm relaxing by a pool tomorrow. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. And then it seems that we did it today. So I have, there's no clarity in my mind. I'm defending myself here. Uh, that yeah. there was no you know, definitive word that this is when we're going to do the podcast. Okay. Uh, and what's the that, truth what, what of, of why you were uncontactable at um, 9 a.m. Vegas time? Well, yeah, that is also, you know, I was sleeping because, you know, I, I had gone out to a uh, pool party at oh. night. Uh, it's called Excess Night Swim. Uh, is this when you were reading the, the messages about arranging the recording then? Well, I'm trying to think, yeah. Pool party. Yeah, so 4 a.m. Vegas time is when there was some more chat about the podcast, although I'm still maintaining that there was no actual confirmed time okay. that we were going to do it at. Uh, yeah. So right. I assume Well, maybe save it for the lawyer um, when he gets involved. I, I am going to be calling up a reputation <laughs> solicitor. Laurie was uh, claiming, that, claiming that all you listeners would think that he was lacking professionalism by not turning up to start this podcast. <laughs> Which really tickled me. Um, and there's one, there's one thing it is, is I am professional, yes. You are professional <laughs> to times. the end, Laurie. You always turn up, don't you? You're always there. There's no question about that. And you've turned up on Rasmus Hoyland. Let's bring it back to what we need to talk about. Manchester United have got their number nine, nearly. Yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah, obviously there's still a bit, bit, bit of work to do to fully confirm it. I think it might be, we're talking this on, on Monday, aren't we? Monday, five o'clock, obviously. Uh, well, half five, uh, quarter to six. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I would expect an announcement maybe Wednesday, um, just because there's still some work to do, um, bits to sort out. Obviously, United have been travelling back, so I think um, they want to make sure that you know, Ericsson Hag is there and you know, they can have a conversation with, with They're all sleeping off pool parties sorted. as well, aren't they, I guess? Well, funnily enough, there were, you know, I did bump into some uh, people with United Association at the said pool party. Nice. Uh, and I, I, won't, I won't divulge uh, exactly the details, but yeah, they were all very sober, I hasten to add. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, but there's, there's a little bit more work to do, but yeah, they've got, they've got their guy, you know, they've agreed a fee with Atalanta. So that was the big question mark. They'd already agreed personal terms with him. Um, and I think Ericsson Haag will be very happy um, with the signing um, Clearly, centre-forward has been the position that they've needed um, to strengthen. I think Harry Kane was ideally his number one priority. But even in that situation, the way that Ten Hag wants his team to play, and I, you know, we touch on this in the sit-down that we did with him, the, the piece that went up today uh, about what we can expect from his team next season. He's talking about being compact and pressing high. And and I, I don't know if that's necessarily Harry Kane's game. You know, he likes to drop deep and, and play balls in behind and obviously score lots of goals. <laughs> he is a proven Premier League goal scorer. And Ten Hag was actually very complimentary when I asked him a question about Kane 
in that context, saying that he, you know, he could come, you know, come and, and break the record of Alan Shearer's um, Premier League uh, top goal scorer, and uh, and so I kind of I wondered if that was actually a little hint at maybe Bond Day. You know, he'd, he would like him at Old Trafford, but um, uh, but yeah, so he, he's gone for Hoyland, I think, because he can mould him more into exactly what he wants from a striker. You know, he's only twenty; it's a lot of money for a twenty-year-old who scored nine goals in Serie A um, last yeah. season, but. I, you know he is uh, well regarded by a lot of people in football. Um, I get, it feels a similar signing to the Anthony Marshall one to me, where it's a, a good chunk of money for a, a player that's not proven entirely, but has clearly got lots of talent. I think we'd say that that one for the money has it worked out. You know he's, he's had a long career at United, but it's not necessarily been all um, garlands. I think United would want more from ha- from Hoyland, um, given the money that they've spent, than what Marshall has produced. Yeah. Carl, I'll get into the work that you've been doing with Mark Carey in a moment to explain to Manchester United fans on The Athletic what they're getting in Rasmus Hoyland. Laurie, you touched on it there. The fee is probably north of what we were expecting, really. Um, 75 million euros plus 10 million euros in performance-related add-ons. Um, mm. Weren't we sort of thinking United couldn't actually do this with FFP? Um, do we actually even understand how United have managed to get to this figure? Yeah, so I mean, if you toss it all up, I think it's 179 million pounds they've committed to uh, across three signings. So that is um, including the add-ons. So I suppose you know the initial outlay is. Um, I'm trying to think of the, the numbers, but it's it's you know, maybe 20 million less than that, something like that. 15 million less than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so 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 and, and FFP. I think we 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 knew that they were looking at a net spend of about 100 million pounds, 120 million pounds. It depends how they're they're making these payments, uh, and that's something I'm sort of chasing. Whether it's an instalment, I presume some of it is. You know, so it's not all um, front loaded where they're paying it all at once. And then also sales. So they've sold Anthony Lang of fifteen million pounds, you know, with potential add-ons. That they might sell more players. They, they hope to. Um, and also they can sell players in the winter window, and it still count for this year's FFP total. So I think it's March when it gets signed off. So they've still got a bit of room to bring it back down. And, and they expect that once they've done that, it'll fall back into line with the kind of one hundred twenty million pounds net spend, um, which would, you know, so that, that's how it all works. I, okay. I, I like you. I'm surprised, given all the noise we heard from agents from the club yeah, about. Yeah. Um, how much they could spend this summer. I, I've, I felt like maybe it would be too much, but clearly they did the calculations ahead of time and knew that they had enough money left for Hoyland once they'd already done Mount and Onana. Um, and, 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 and yeah, we'll, we'll see what they end up selling. But um, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's a good chunk of money. And I mean, we, we originally heard that Atalanta we're even you know trying to demand 100 million euros um so i mean 85 million euros isn't loads less than that but um i do think that atalanta were were quite firm in wanting a big fee for him he had four years left on his contract so you know they had the leverage carl what united getting getting a very raw very big very quick young striker if you want to be really 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 really, really optimistic, you are buying someone who might play a bit like Cavani used to when Cavani was in Italy. So really tall, loads of energy, really, really good in counter-attacks, left foot, right foot. Um, although early Cavani, unlike Cavani, he's not great in the air yet. Like he's, He needs to work on his heading. I, I um, love now how... Laurie's mistakenly said Harlan. You've mistakenly yeah, said Erling. You now. picked up on that, didn't you? This <laughs> is like a subliminal <laughs> message, isn't it? Through that, have we signed the wrong guy? Here? I, I, uh, I think that's yeah, going to be a recurring theme: the Harlan Hoyland mistake. Yeah. yeah. 
Erling and so, Edison, Edison was a, a slightly different one. I had a light bulb moment then. Sorry, I'm doing it now. There you go. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think I think you're, they're getting a, a tall, good counter-attacking player. He's very good already at attacking near post, which if you are a certain kind of football fan who gets really annoyed that strikers don't run near post anymore, Hoyland will make you happy. Uh, but he, he needs to be worked on. And I think, you know, Andy's spoken about this before. United don't have a hundred million plus to go get Harry Kane. So any striker they were going to buy was going to have some degree of risk and needed to be developed. And of that batch of strikers who were closer to 80 million, 70 million pounds, euros, I'm not quite sure what currency we wanted to do all this in. <laughs> there was always going to be a striker that had, you know, good at these things, not so good at these things. And I think with Hoyland, the good stuff, Half decent link up play, really good attacking near post, very, very good when he's running to space. He's got a goal against Lazio for Atalanta where he's just outrunning defenders in a way that Martial used to be able to do. Um, so that's he's, good. I don't think he uh, scores there, does he, Carl? No, he doesn't. One. To tell a lie, thank you. Thank you for correcting me. He doesn't score in that one, but he, he, that, that game in particular, Atalanta, 2 0 victory over Lazio, is the sort of the one you want to watch if you want to know what sort of player he is. That'll be and the YouTube clips then. That's the one. Uh, and then from there, it's up to Ten Hag to, to build him out to, to see if, he, if he's good attacking in the air and if he can uh, work on his back-to-goal game. Funny with the YouTube clip thing, uh, just quickly, because um, I was talking to a couple of people over the weekend and they're like, oh, what do you make of Hoyland sort of thing? Oh, we've seen him on YouTube. He looks a bit like Nanny and Anderson. That's always like the reference point. That feels like our generation <laughs> will always refer to Nanny and Anderson as the first YouTube si- signings for Manchester United. <laughs> Um, right, if you want to know more about Rasmus Hoyland, I'm sure we'll be talking more about him on Thursday's podcast. Um, Carl's piece, Laurie's latest as well, up on The Athletic Now. Remember, if you're not a subscriber, we've got the special podcast price of one ninety nine a month for the first 12 months. You can sign up now by going to theathletic.com forward slash Man United pod. And as well as the pieces on Rasmus Hoyland, we also have a sit down with Eric Ten Hag, don't we, Lawrence Whitwell? We do, uh, and I do need to clarify because I've just been on the comments. Um, someone seemed to get quite irritated at the suggestion that we might have been at the interview, um, or I might have been at the interview. Um, but just to at clarify, the well, I don't know. I've, I've kind of made that point. It's, it was a very strange uh, comment, but anyway. Uh, so, well, you definitely yeah, were because I saw your Instagram story, yeah. and, and I've heard you talking to Andy about it now, and this mad dash to get to the airport after speaking to Eric Ten Hag, which feels like a very yeah. elaborate lie if you weren't actually. Well, there. I know it's. I've put a lot of pieces in place to try and uh, you know commit this uh, this fraud, um, but no, I, I was there. We were all there. We, we all spoke to him and asked him different questions. Um, and it's one of those opportunities that you get on tour where it's a little bit more open, a little bit more um, free. I think Ten Hag relaxes because with the Premier League and with all with Champions League, Europa League, it, it's all filmed and, and it has to be. You know, it's, it's part of the stipulations. Um, so there's not that kind of room to just have a bit more of a, an honest conversation. And I think he relaxed. You know, uh, Jamie Jackson of the Guardian was wearing um, a sort of really cool Hawaiian shirt. Jamie Jamie likes his, his fashion. He and, does like and Ten Hag was kind of. Point, pointing out that and suggesting, um, you know, it was very, very Las Vegas style. Um, and, and, and more Jamie appropriate was driving to Las Vegas in July than Carrington in November, which Jamie also decides yeah, to wear that same also, shirt. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Yeah. It was very pretty. He was doing a drive like Andy, you know, five hours from, uh, from San Diego to, uh, to, to Vegas. So I'm getting confused, confused with strikers, confused with places that I've been to. Um, <laughs> uh, all those frozen margaritas at the pool party, mate, why didn't join there the podcast go. at the start? There you go. <laughs> 
lack of professionalism just, we talked about. Just to clarify, they weren't. I don't think those ones were frozen. Oh, um, we're, we're splitting hairs. We're splitting hairs. Um, <laughs> and he was, uh, yeah, he was. He was open. And I think you know some interesting stuff. I mean, I, I thought the. The, the points on Jaden Sancho were, were quite interesting. So, so the, one of the questions was put to him by, by Tyrone Marshall of the Manchester United News that was Sancho, uh, you know, was it a confidence thing or was it about the standards of the Bundesliga and the Premier League as to why he was a different player? Um, it seemed, uh, from, from those two, you know, from Germany and from England and Ten Hag kind of pointed very, um, yeah, demonstrably at, uh, Ty when he said about the the difference in standards and, and that was what he was you know emphasizing that you know it, th- this is a big jump from the Bundesliga to the Premier League and actually I've watched a lot more of him at, at, at Dortmund than maybe you have and, and he actually isn't that dissimilar um, to what he's playing like now than, than what he was playing like at Dortmund so it's interesting little bits like that that maybe he wouldn't be as open about I think um, in front of a TV camera so um, yeah there was, there was other bits about yeah the kind of approach that he wants next season Um the uh, he's, he's, he's um, talked with Harry Maguire and you know the kind of directness that he needs there. Signings as well. A lot of it is is about signings, and he's, he's quite strong on defending his uh, right to spend money as well. I don't think he's ever going to make an apologies for for demanding and, and wanting players. You know, it was uh, over two hundred million last summer. It's you know pushing that number this summer. Um, but he says that's what you have to do to compete at the top level, and it's true, isn't it? You know, when you've got Man City that have spent the money that they have spent over you know several years. Uh, I think he's entitled to that, but he, yeah, he doesn't allow any kind of room for a suggestion that there might be more pressure on him now that he's he's spent a, a good chunk of money because he says well, that's actually, just part of the game. I think that's one of the most interesting parts of of what's come out of the chat with Ten Hag ruling United out of us getting excited about the T word after mm-hmm. a result in February. He's, he's not again. getting carried away, is he? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's it. Doesn't need to rule them out. He doesn't need to rule them in. He could just back that question away. But it's quite pointed that he feels that it's City's title and the rest are playing for the top four. I think it's interesting. And you know, I've been speaking to my Newcastle supporting friends and they've asked me, well, you've spent, you know, Ten Hag spent 200 million last summer and he looks to be spending 200 million now. Is there any pressure on if he doesn't mount a title bid? And I think there's so such an amount of goodwill from Ten Hag at the moment after the League Cup win last season and the way he seems to have rebuilt the spine of the team that United fans are very much like, yeah, I trust him. You know, I I doubt many Manchester United fans watched a lot of Atalanta's games last season, but if Ten Hag goes, Rasmus Hoyland's my man, United fans are now going, I trust Ten Hag to figure this out. And that takes a lot of cachet, and uh, which is remarkable when you consider United lost 6-3 to City and 7-0 to Liverpool, and yet there is such resolute belief in Ten Hag. I think that will continue providing those opening games to Arsenal, to Spurs are positive results. If those go the wrong way, then I think we might start getting a serious conversation about, hang on, that is quite a bit of money here. Shouldn't we be pushing better than this? Laura, you were there with him while he was saying these things. Is it just a bit of mind games or do you think he was being quite open and honest at that point? Um, I think it's more honesty. I don't, I don't think he was particularly trying to, you know, plant any seeds for any, you know, long-running um, psychological battle. Um, but I, I do think he's probably just wanting to make sure that we don't get carried away. You know, that, um, <laughs> you know, just just about managing expectation, isn't it? I think there's a, a fair point in that. In that, you know, City. I go back to it. You know, they've, they've spent money consistently uh, over, you know, 
a decade more than that and had the pieces in place for Pep Guardiola before he even arrived, you know, to a large degree and have kind of just kept adding to that. And obviously Guardiola's a genius manager, so he, he's, you know, uh, molded it to his will. But I think Ten Hag just wants to make sure that it's not, because he, he sensed obviously the, the, you know, the kind of excitement around the place when United did look like they were perhaps in contention for a title in January and, I don't and then also, that. you know, <laughs> challenging uh, City in the FA Cup final, you know, and and, and kind of, I think he was you know, really disappointed by that final and the fact that they didn't stop the treble and, and they they didn't end the season with two trophies. I think that actually left quite a significant effect on him. Uh, and I did I asked him actually after uh, at the end how he used his break. You know, was it a time to reflect? Um, and he said, yeah, that's because you know during the season you've got a match every three or four days. Um, you're making a thousand decisions a day. It's you are making decisions that are long term at those points, but really, when you've got a bit of time to kind of take a breath, that's when you you make your, your kind of more substantial calls, and you, you can have you, you know you consider it in, in the fullness. And um, which I think is then you know when he's made the decision on David de Gea, when he's made the decision on Harry Maguire, he probably was thinking these thoughts as the season was ongoing. But once the season had finished, and you knew categorically City have won the treble here United have fallen mm. short That's that that leaves an effect and I, I think that's what he's getting at really Okay well if you want to know more about what Eric Ten Hag had to say about Laurie Whitwell and he was there in person I can vouch for him <laughs> um, you can go and have a look at the Athletic and Laurie's piece on there um, we're going to wrap it up remember we are back on Thursday we're going to be back twice a week now for the entire football season for Manchester United don't forget we've got those live shows coming up as well I'm going to bore you about that once again we're at New Century in Manchester, Monday, September the 4th. London's Leicester Square Theatre on Tuesday, September the 5th. Not many tickets left at all at either venue now. If you want to be there, get yourselves to myticket.co.uk and get those tickets purchased. Not many left. We've got loads of great stuff planned. We'll tell you more about it, of course, nearer the time. Uh, but for the moment, Carl, thank you for joining us. Laurie, thank Good. you for joining us eventually. You can get yourself eventually. back to bed now. Yeah. And thank can you for I, listening can I just say at home quickly, as well. <laughs> On the live shows, just to really whet the appetite, we've got some good stories, I promise you. We can't tell them on the pod, but live shows, be there. Yeah. Uh, Bring your Maltesers. Maybe, maybe <laughs> pool party stories, we'll see, eh? Maybe the truth <laughs> of where Laurie Whitwell has been overnight. <laughs> we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Athletic.